Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. This is Tom from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swim. As always, it is 89.1 Ken's FM. You have just broken into Attitude Air Live, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, today is a special night for us because it is actually our sixth year anniversary. And uh, we are going to have a fun time. We have Granny Hulkster with us. How are you, Granny? Well, hello, Icon. I'm I'm here. I I just got back into town this afternoon from WrestleMania. Rain- WrestleMania weekend. I'm sorry, I can't even talk. It it was a we left Thursday for Texas and had an amazing time. Went to a wrestling show Thursday night. Went to WrestleCon on Saturday, and then of course we went to WrestleMania on yesterday. And um, I left this morning to come back home. So it was pretty amazing. I mean, it was our very first. WrestleMania was our very first WrestleCon. Um, it was just absolutely an awesome and amazing time. And I want to give a shout-out to my very good friend, Brian. Uh, uh, you, you know, you all know him as B-Train. Uh, he actually flew down from New York into Kansas City on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday and came here to Springdale, Arkansas, and picked up David and my son Anthony and I on Wednesday, and we left Thursday morning for Texas, and, um, you know, it was because of him, you know, that we got to go, so uh, thank you, B-Train, for a fun weekend and giving my son Anthony and David and I, an amazing memory that, you know, that we're never going to forget. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll bring uh, Matthias here on in a second. But uh, our first guest is on the line right now. As a matter of fact, both our first and second guest is on the line. I know they can hear us. Uh, we'll go to our first guest here in about 30 seconds after we take this little time out, and we will be back in 30 seconds. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. And we do want to thank Wood Spring Suites for uh, sponsoring Attitude Air Live every Monday night. 
And uh, stepping out of the green room right now, our first guest of the night. He is the man that knows how to write a book and write several books and about to be New York Times bestseller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man himself. He is Ian Douglas. Are you there, Ian? Hello. Hey, I can hear me. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I just introduced you. Go ahead with the liner, then we'll have fun with the interview. Go ahead. Oh, sure. Okay. And, and by the way, the name's Ian. I don't know if that screws anything up. Um, no, that's go. fine. Go you're, ahead. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live, Monday on 89.1 Kems FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. So uh, we have uh, Ian Douglas as our guest. Now, uh, I want to start off the bat by saying that if it, no one has ever seen um, uh, Ian Douglas before, he looks like the young version of The Rock with his smile, with his look, with his great hairstyle. I mean, if there's a, a splitting image to The Rock, it's uh, Mr. Douglas. So uh, I hope you don't mind that comparison, but you tell me what you think of that. And I don't mind it at all, but I think The Rock might mind. <laughs> well, you know, uh, he, he'll he never be on our show, so uh, you are. So uh, <laughs> he'll just have to suck it up, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, so here's how we're going to do this, uh, Ian. Since we got you on early, uh, we have, uh, we have uh, 25 minutes here with our man here. Uh, first off, if you want to go ahead and give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll have some fun with the interview. Go ahead. Oh, sure. Um, I am a Southeast Michigan native, grew up in Southfield, Michigan, just north of Detroit, attended the University of Michigan and Northwestern University. I've worked in state government in Michigan. I was a former reporter for NBC News in Flint, and I have written for um, Fixed Operations Magazine. I've written the four books that you're aware of, and I presently write for Mel Magazine and Men's Health Magazine. And what's interesting about uh, your book is I have read, and we're going to talk about this, I have read Brute Power. Um, and um, uh, as a matter of fact, we had uh, we did have Bugsy McGraw on uh, uh, um, maybe nine months ago, and we talked to him about the book. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so... Uh, what, uh, what 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 was it like hanging out with uh, Bugsy McGraw? Uh, Bugsy, working with Bugsy was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we we took our time writing the book. Uh, we recorded interviews uh, every Tuesday for several months until we got all of the content we needed, and then I just took my time putting everything together, sent it to him got his approval, and away we went. But he was wonderful throughout the entire experience. And one of the things I enjoy about the book writing process the most, not even the book writing process, but the information gathering process, is I feel like I'm getting a lot of these stories from these guys for the very first time. And just a point that will underscore that, just to make sure that I ask the right questions, um, Michael, um, Mike Davis, Bugsy, he sent me a 
zip drive that contained all of the contents of his career scrapbooks just to make sure I had sufficient backstory on him and could ask the right questions. So it was hundreds and hundreds of pages of programs and event posters and private personal photos, and it was a figurative treasure trove of his career highlights in the palm of my hand once we got it printed up. But in that case, on my computer screen that I could reference any time I needed to ask him a question. So from a wrestling fan's perspective, which is, which is what I am first and foremost as a pro wrestling fan, from that perspective, it was an unbelievable experience from start to finish working with him. And uh, now, you know, you mentioned about uh, answering the right question. Did you have, uh, I mean, my, uh, my father and uncle told me a lot about uh, Bugsy McGraw when I told them that he was going to be on the show, and they told us that, uh, you know, you might want to, uh, uh, you know, step easy with questions because he might reach through the phone and give you a headlock. Uh, did you worry about that? Hmm. Oh, not a bit. Um, Mike is a Mike is a very gentle soul. Uh, at at no point did I feel threatened during the entire experience. And in fact, um, he was probably, in some cases, more uh, more tolerant of me or with me than he should have been. Especially when I when I zoned out in a couple cases, he had to make sure I was uh, I was still awake. Not that he was not that he wasn't entertaining, but at at different points, it was it was easy to zone out because I'm I'm sitting there multitasking, and sometimes he's he's answering a question, taking three, four, five minutes at a time, and I'm busy looking through match results. Um, I, I'm busy looking through match results, trying to come up with the next question. And a few times, he actually said he actually told some funny stories and, and cracked some jokes that were very funny, but I didn't really catch them until I played back the recording. And in the meantime, he's sitting there saying, hey, Ian, I thought that was a pretty funny joke. How come you're not laughing? But it was just because I was zoned out trying to come up with the next question, and he was very patient with me. Uh, Ian Douglas is our guest here, and uh, we have about uh, 21 minutes with you. Now, uh, I know what it's like to tell a joke and not have anybody respond to it, uh, you know, I had put out a C, uh, I had put out a comedy CD uh, that went aluminum. You know, and uh, and that's the, that's the response I get. Uh, Mr. Douglas is our guest here. We got about the twenty minutes. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to our, our next co-host, uh, Granny. What do you got for our guest, Mr. Douglas? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you on. Uh, Thanks for having me, Granny. I, I'm really kind of I I really apologize. I was gone all weekend. Uh, my family and I went to uh, with a friend to Texas for WrestleMania and WrestleCon, and we just got back this afternoon. So I really haven't had a time to to research. I always like to try to research our guests and everything that we have on. And I, you know, didn't have the opportunity to be able to do that because I was traveling home today. But uh, what made you decide you wanted to, you know, get into the career that you that you do? I mean, what what's one of the most enjoyable things that you've done in your career? It's obviously because okay. he's a good-looking guy too. Oh, 
Stop it. Those are okay. Those are those are two very distinct questions, and and I have to be careful because all of the writing. Um, this may sound weird, but all of the writing, I tend to think of it more as a hobby. My primary job is I'm the chief communications officer for XL Plus International, which is a plasma gasification company, um, and I just earned my MBA, hopefully in support of that, uh, a year ago. But, yes, I consider all of the writing to be a hobby. Now, I as far as getting into reporting and writing went, I, I'm, I'm somewhat ashamed to say that I never considered myself to be very good at math, but I always seemed to get high marks in all of the English and writing classes, and I decided that that would probably be the safest path for me to travel down career-wise. But as far as writing the books goes, I can tell you I was – Working on content for the State Games of Michigan, interviewing um, athletes in different fields, and I got a chance to interview Dan Seven, who was fantastic. I only needed and he's been a great guest on our show as well. Dan is Dan is wonderful, Um, and if once you get Dan going, like Dan will tell you fantastic stories for as long as you give him the opportunity. I really only needed 15 to 20 minutes from him. He gave me about an hour and a half. And I logged away. I I logged away in that moment. Like, man, if I could get him on the phone for another 12, 13, 14 conversations like this, because he's so profusive with the dialogue, we we might be able to kick out a book's worth of content. And later on, he and I stayed in touch, and later on he did – mentioned to me that he wanted to write a book and I told him that if he gave me uh, an hour to an hour and a half a day for the next 14 days in a row that I could make that happen for him and the result of that was um, the realest guy in the room, the life and times of Dan Severs. So that's, yeah, that's I had how the opp- got- that That's awesome. I had the opportunity uh, my husband and my son and I had the opportunity to meet Dan Severin uh, probably about nine years ago at an independent wrestling show called Traditional Championship Wrestling. They were doing a show in Nashville, Tennessee, opening for the Tennessee State Fair. And he's really an awesome guy. He's, he's uh, a wonderful guy. And the 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 very quick follow-up to that is right after Dan and I got done recording on the last day, I went to the gym for the first time in two weeks and was listening to Steve Austin's podcast, and his interview guest just happened to be Dylan Hornswoggle-Poster, who had recently been released from his WWE contract. Throughout the interview, I'm on the elliptical, cracking up laughing. I got off the elliptical, went back home, sent him an email and said, I really enjoyed your appearance, uh, I really enjoyed listening to you, rather, on Austin's podcast. I would love to hear more about your story, and that means that you're probably a tremendous candidate to put a book out. I would love to help you with that. I went and took the shower, and by the time I got back and checked my email, he'd already responded and said, let's do that. So before Dan's book was released, I was already in the process of working on book number two. So that's really how the whole thing got started. 
Uh, Ian Douglas is our guest here. Ian Douglas, our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about 15 minutes. Uh, before we uh, go to uh, our uh, our anniversarial uh, co-host, uh, Matthias, what do you got for our guest, uh, Mr. Douglas? Go ahead. Well, first off, I want to welcome you on to the show. And um, I guess one of my main questions, because we kind of have similar paths where, I mean, I haven't written a book yet, but I am a communications major. I have worked in news. I have worked for writing for multiple like for different publications back when I was in college and I guess uh, one of my main questions for you was did you find writing for a news story writing for a book or writing for like a different publication like a magazine um, challenge like which one did you find more challenging or did you seem to uh, have or did they feel more si- or similar together or did you have a challenge with one over the other oh that's a fantastic question. So, I would, man, you're really making me think here. I would, <laughs> I would say that I probably found all three equally challenging because I'm under no illusions that, I even now I'm under no illusions that I'm good, and I'm certainly under no illusions that I'm that I'm good when I start when I start anything. So mm-hmm. it's only with it's only with practice that I begin to familiarize with myself with the framework of how these things are supposed to go, and then it gets easier to piece them together over time. Yeah. I, I don't know, and, and I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a cop-out answer, but really only after doing these things once or twice do I really get, and, and then gaining more control over it, because by the time we got to by the time we got to the Brew Power book, uh, that's when I really had an understanding of the process and I could do my own formatting of everything. Um, I had fewer people to answer to. And you know, also when having fewer people to answer to, I realized that there was nobody coming to rescue me. So I needed to make sure that everything was as buttoned up as I could get it before um, it made it out there for uh, public consumption. Okay. And then I guess, yeah, it does. Um, I would have to say I found it, I found it pretty difficult, like all around, just I I had to get used to it because I, when I was in college, I directed our news podcast. I did my radio show. I wrote for our magazine and then I ended up going to the news um, back when I first got out of college. So now that uh, now that I know you worked for NBC, because I am also a fellow NBC worker, what was one of the uh, more uh, difficult stories you ever had to work on? Like, was there one that kind of got to you, or was there one that you just found kind of particularly challenging that nobody else wanted to cover or that you had to cover? Oh, gosh. Um, well, first of all, I wasn't with NBC for very long. Um, we're only talking about okay. a six-month period of time. So. In that time, I only have a few stories that I even remember. The one that I think of as being the most challenging is one of my very first live shots was of a plane crash on the freeway just outside of Flint. And okay. So to have, to have that be one of my very first live shots, and you know, we, we have to gather all of the information, we have to conduct the interviews, and then we have to worry about where we logistically, where we can set up for the live shot um, in time for the in, in time for the broadcast, 
that was challenging for reasons that didn't have all that much to do with content. It was just making sure that we could get everything we needed and get set up in a uh, in a position that the studio would find uh, accommodating. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, one story I would have to say I particularly found kind of a challenge just because it kind of like got to me. There was a young woman here um, not a while back that was uh, was murdered by the name of Savannah Levantine Greywind. And uh, when I first got into uh, news in Fargo here, I had to cover her case and I had to go to court and stuff. And it just, I was just like, man, this, this is real. Like you, like I could see it on TV and be like, you know, okay, this happened, you know, and it, it wouldn't affect me as much. But when you're actually there at the courthouse and you're doing the story and you got to do all that deep research and stuff, it's like, it, it's just a whole different ball game from there. Yeah. The, the only, the only thing I've had to deal with that can compare with that in any way. And it's fairly recent. I thought that Brian Blair and I, I thought our book was finished. Um, Paul Orndorff had recently passed away. Brian spoke about his relationship with Paul extensively in the book. We were going to conclude the book with, um, with Orndorff's decline in health regardless. Then he passed away. So we, we took a few days. We ended the book a little bit differently, obviously out of necessity. And, Mm -hmm. and, and that was it. We thought we were done. Well, two days after I sent that final version to Brian for his approval, Brian's son, Brett was found murdered. And so Obviously, that delays the book even further. Um, not that I consider yeah. that to be a bother at that stage, because I told Brian if we need to, if we need to scrap this, you know, depending on how you're feeling, I'm okay with that because I'm not going to tell you how to grieve. But no, what what ultimately wound up happening is we we added a a, a follow up epilogue to the book dealing with the death of Brian's son. But in the meantime, I, I flew down to Tampa for the funeral. Um, side note, got to sit behind Steve Kern and Hulk Hogan at the chapel, which, I mean, I'm, the wrestling fan in me thought that was pretty cool and, and got to meet Hogan for the first time. I'd already met Kern. But in the meantime, I'm there in the midst of the, the family and all of their supporters and everybody is just suffering and grieving. Like I, w- I would say like you couldn't imagine, but I'm sure you can't imagine because you were probably dealing with some of that sitting in that courtroom. So yes, yeah, sometimes you're, sometimes you're very close to all of the unpleasantness of these stories when you're covering them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Ian Douglas is our guest here. We got about uh, 13 minutes here with, uh, uh, Ian, uh, big swing. What do you have for our guest? Go ahead. All right. Uh, am I am I on here? Sometimes my microphone's a little messed up. There it is. Okay. I had to find a, a spot. Um, actually, covering the national championship game uh, station here in New York, as you may imagine. So I just jumped on quick, and uh, <laughs> I actually find it interesting because much like Matthias, I also was in the journalism game. I went more to the 
audio side of things, however, um, I, I was writing for a newspaper for a little bit right out of college uh, and in college and um, writing for different magazines and publications, but I decided to go the play-by-play and radio show route and the sports uh, radio and announcer route. So um, a little, little bit different there, but I do respect the hustle. I uh, I actually hate writing myself. Um, I, I respect it, but I, I just, it wasn't my thing. It was, uh, I appreciate really what you guys do because I love a I love a good news story and uh, just didn't didn't couldn't do it myself really that well. But anyway, my thing is here is I, I have those interviews that I've had both on my sports show here in New York and and on this show um, that really resonate with me, really stick with me. And you know, you mentioned before one of the toughest. And if I was just ask you, what was what was your hardest, your toughest, um, you know, uh, beat really to cover? Is there one that really sticks with you from a positive standpoint, a, a, an interview that you you know you did with somebody that that you're always going to remember as that was maybe your crowning achievement or or something that you'll always remember? Um, you know, you mentioned the Dan Seven thing as one of them, but is there one that came on and you look back and say, wow, you know, that that was really special. And, I remember that forever. And you can't you you can mention this one because we know what is. Well, true. <laughs> Um, I can tell you that um, my final, the final story I ever reported for NBC News in Flint, uh, there was a quadriplegic gentleman named Josh, and we were um, we were trying to we were trying to draw attention to a charity to raise awareness for to raise awareness for him, um, and. To, to raise awareness for his condition. Um, I did not get to interview him. I did get to interview his family. Um, I think this story would have stuck with me regardless because it was the very last thing I covered for NBC and Flint. But um, knowing that I was contributing to such a good cause uh, with some of my coverage because a lot of times in Flint, um, aside from the plane crash, you're also covering murders, you're covering bank robberies. So not everything is always positive. So that was nice. And I just remember, I remember my closing line of that, um, which was he, he had the organization, they, they were calling themselves Team Josh. And I said, if team means together, everyone achieves more than Team Josh, well, because we were building a house for him. And so it was together, everyone achieves more with just one simple house. I took the JOS agent Josh made it this one simple house. Um, that stuck with me, um, not because I thought I was necessarily that clever, but, again, it was my final story, and we were actually doing something positive. Hmm. Awesome. That's yeah, so awesome. It's always good to be able to, it's always good to, be able to do something uh, meaningful as well, from whether it's a charity standpoint or, you know, some, something that, that means a lot to somebody else uh, in a positive and uplifting manner. So, yeah, I, I really do appreciate that. And, you know, that's the one thing that, uh, you know, your style of reporting you're able to do. I don't get that very often in sports reporting. Uh, every once in a while I'll get, like, a feel-good story, but usually it's somebody who's paid millions of dollars to do something that I can't do, so it's kind of irritating. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, so, so, so something like that is, is – is amazing and, and awesome, and uh, you know it's always good to. We talk to a lot of wrestlers on this show, uh, independent and professional, and it's really good to talk to somebody else that's within the same field, who's been around the block and knows the preparation and knows what goes into 
putting a publication together, and, and it's it's awesome. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate uh, you. Ian Douglas is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and I'm just kind of curious, uh, and uh, don't take this question the wrong way, but did you ever get to give a piggyback ride to Hornswoggle? <laughs> Never. Um, in fact, I've, I've never met up with Hornswoggle in person. We haven't had a face-to-face conversation over the internet, but no, no, no face-to-face interaction. And I don't, I don't know that Dylan would have taken too kindly to that if I'd attempted to. <laughs> um, Mr. Douglas, our guest here. We, we got a few minutes here, uh, and for our fans listening, if you go to our web, uh, our page on Facebook, Attitude Air Live, uh, like that, you go to eighty-nine point one Ken's FM page, like that, uh, and do a ten-dollar a month donation to power the tower to keep us on the air. Uh, we'll get you an autograph from a past guest, a current guest, or a future guest, and uh, I believe uh, Mr. Douglas uh, is willing to uh, send us a few autographs, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, absolutely. I'd be um, if, if you if you won't if you don't mind me defacing a book, I'd be happy to send you a copy of the most recent book signed by me. Um, Truth be told, the autobiography of the Brian Blair, a Wrestling Observer finalist for Pro Wrestling Book of the Year this year, with forwards by Bretha Hitman Hart and Steve Kern, and an afterword from Hulk Hogan. And if you're interested, as you mentioned, Bugsy McGraw was a prior guest on the show. I can also provide a duly autographed copy of Brute Power, the autobiography of Bugsy McGraw, signed by both myself and, more importantly, uh, Mr. Bugsy McGraw and Mike Davis himself. That was awesome. Uh, we got uh, Mr. Douglas here. We got uh, we got about uh, two minutes here, uh, and then I'll tell you what I do appreciate uh, you joining us tonight. And when I said that you do look like The Rock, I was not kidding. I was not trying to uh, uh, I was not trying to butt kiss you at all. But I'll tell you what, man, you are awesome. And uh, you know, um, I have uh, I, I don't know how many copies it would sell. But I have a great story to tell, and when you're when you're ready to write your next book, I have a great idea, uh, through something called like through the eyes of an icon or something like that would be awesome, and I guarantee you it'll make you money because everybody in Fargo want to buy it and at least use it to, uh, uh, you know, if they got like a a, a leg on their table that's uh, not level, they can use it to level the table anyway. Well, if, if if you're truly an icon, and I know you've had a good run, I'm sure they can use it for far more than that. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, if our, our fans want to check you out and see it, you got a uh, Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? You can go to the website, since I was too cheap to pay for the .com, you can go to Ian Douglas, I-A-N-D-O-U-G-L-A-S-S dot net. And you can also find me on my recently verified Twitter page at StreamGlass, S-T-R-E-A-M-G-L-A-S-S. And, um, yeah, um, don't, be, don't be too impressed by the verification. I think I, I may have set the record for uh, verification with the fewest Twitter followers. I, I'm pretty sure I have fewer than 300 right now. 
Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, after being on, on this show, it's uh, it's going to raise. I, I promise you that. I'll tell you what, sir, we do appreciate you t- taking time out of your schedule. And uh, if we didn't scare you too much, uh, we would love to have you back on again and uh, to talk about your other books and uh, maybe also talk about uh, a book project that uh, that you and I might get going. Hey, any anytime you want. And uh, Icon, Big Swing, Granny, and Matthias, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Thank you. All Take right. Care. What what a great interview, ladies and gentlemen. Now uh, we have uh, we're going to take a quick little commercial break, and uh, coming back after the break, we have a surprise for you. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room right now, the biggest voice in the history of wrestling. Ladies and, gen- ladies and gentlemen, I give you without further ado, he is the man, he is the myth, he is a legend. He is the voice of your childhood. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Neil Pruitt. Hey, yo. This is Neil Pruitt, WCW producer and NWO voice. You're listening to the Attitude Era, Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Kins FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hawkster. Alive. How are you, Neil? All right, Neil, I'll tell you what. First off, it... First off, I'll tell you what, it is an honor, sir, to have you on, and uh, hopefully uh, by the time we're done, I can get you to read one important line for us. Uh, We'll see how that goes, but uh, we're going to get right into this. We have Neil Prude as our guest here. Uh, We have about uh, 30 minutes with the man here. Uh, First off, uh, everybody wants to know, because our chat room just lit up when they heard your voice. First off, they want to know, how did you uh, get tagged as being known as the voice of the NWO? I guess the best way to describe it is by um, Eric Bischoff, and the message was delivered by Keith Mitchell, Craig Leathers, and by um, uh, who else was there? I think uh, it was probably Kevin Sullivan. And they were talking about how they wanted me to come up with some ideas for the NWO. And I was telling them that if we're going to act like this is going to be from someone other than WCW, we're going to need an announcer voice that is nothing like we've heard before. And it can't be anybody within the organization that wrestling fans are familiar with. 
because then it'll sound like, you know, we're just making this up. So I said, we have to have someone that's entirely different. And I said, I have a voice in mind. And they said, well, who is it? I said, well, there's this guy in Atlanta. And I really liked his voice. And uh, unfortunately, his name, uh, he has since passed away. His name's Kevin Eubanks. And they said, well, how does it sound? I said, well, it sounds like the New World Order. And they said, why don't you do it? And I said, okay. So now I became the New World Order voice because I was already already the producer of it. And it made a lot of sense because we did things at the last second. So not only did we do a lot of the voiceover stuff at the last second and packages at the last second, but also a lot of those flyers you may have seen fly out of the sky onto the ground. Uh, We did several of those and made those up in Photoshop. So that's the quick story. Now, uh, I'm kind of curious, if you could say your top three favorite lines from being the voice of the NWO, what would they be? The biggest icon in wrestling, Hulk Hogan. Um, Probably uh, the two Michigan dog-faced mutts, the Steiner brothers. What else? The person who should have stayed in junior hockey in Canada. Um, I guess that's that's the three that I really would say is pro- they're probably the best. I, I love that, and uh, you know uh, everybody knows about like uh, you. <laughs> and everybody knows how you always start out with the following announcement has been paid for. Now I'm going to have you do that at the end, but uh, hopefully. Uh, I can have you slip in uh, Icon Enterprise. That'd be awesome. But uh, we have uh, Neil Prude as our guest here. We have the voice of the NWO. Uh, he is the greatest voice in the history of wrestling. He's better than Tony Schiavone. He's better than Jim Ross. He's better than the Icon. He's better than a Big Swing. Uh, but not I, – I, I don't know if you're better than our, our co-host, but uh, I'm going to bring uh, Granny Hulkster on the line. She's got a few questions for you. Go ahead, Granny. We have uh, Mr. Pruitt. We have 37 minutes. Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a privilege and honor to have you on here with us, you know, and I know you mentioned Kevin Sullivan um, a few minutes ago. I actually had went to uh, Texas this past weekend with my husband and my son and a very good friend of ours. We went to WrestleMania and WrestleCon, and Kevin Sullivan was actually in attendance at WrestleCon uh, this past weekend. This was our very first WrestleMania. My friend that we went with, this is about his ninth one, but this was our very first one and our very first WrestleCon, and it was really interesting to get to meet a lot of professional wrestlers in the business that I've always wanted to meet that I had never had the opportunity to meet, which was really, really cool. And um, I got to see some professional wrestlers that I'm very good friends with personally. I got to see them again, which, you know, was really, really awesome. And so I I apologize because I said um, I've been gone all weekend, so I really – I just got back into town this afternoon, so I didn't have time to really come up with really any good questions for you. But uh, being that I'm, you know, my gimmick name, I'm not a wrestler, but the name Granny Holkster, you know, was given to me by a friend because I enjoy wrestling and 
I actually have a shirt that says, what you going to do when Granny Holster goes crazy on you? And I actually wore that to WrestleCon. And all weekend long, I swear, I mean, people were like looking at me, like, look at that lady in that yellow shirt. And even the professional wrestlers that knew me, but the ones that had never met me thought my name, I mean, was absolutely amazing. I mean, the godfather for example, he's like, wow, Granny Holster, that's awesome. I really like that. That's really cool. And, I mean, I, I had one wrestler, I think his name was Extreme Tiger. He actually wanted his picture with me. He actually asked me, he said, can I get my picture with you? <laughs> I'm just a fan, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I had the opportunity to actually get to talk to Kevin Sullivan, you know, for – a few minutes at WrestleCon, and it, I mean, Eric Bischoff was there, and you know, I got to talk to him. Of course, I've met Eric before at a book signing in Arkansas, where I live at. But um, what made you decide you just wanted to do something like this? I think it kind of chose me, really. And congratulations for being the first time there at uh, WrestleMania and WrestleCon. It's a terrific time. I was, uh, I just got back myself. At, 5.30 a.m. this morning in Atlanta. Uh, flew out very late last night out of Dallas, so I'm kind of um, just kind of out of a little bit, but it was a great yeah, time. I am, too. I am, too. Some of the I drove. Times so. we got to talk with uh, Kevin Sullivan, and I got to meet the Godfather for the first time. That was kind of cool. But um, interviewed the Steiner Brothers before they actually did their speech at WrestleMania. And uh, mm-hmm. got to eat, eat some sushi with Sonny Ono and Eric Bischoff and his son. So, oh yeah, lots lots more highlights. So we had a great time. But um, yeah, it's one of those things where I was a multi-camera director. I learned how to do that from a NBC News engineer who was with the Today Show when they came to the Southeast United States, and learned how to direct multi-cameras. And I worked with Jody Hamilton, who was actually Nick, Nick Patrick, the referee, his dad. He was the assassin. And he was my mentor. And I first started directing Deep South Championship Wrestling, which uh, <clears throat> after I did the sports show and then went to work with WCW and did the NWO things for 11 years, I went back with WWE and directed Deep South Wrestling, where wow. Luke Gallows and Kofi Kingston, The Miz, several other people actually. Uh, we're on our show, The Great Collie. We trained several people. Um, Undertaker's wife, um, Nicole um, Angel, uh, she's um, Chrissy Vane and several others. And I, I always was just very good at, from what Jody said, cutting a fight scene. So I knew what angles to take, and that's all I did. I didn't look at it as wrestling. I looked at it as a fight scene and directed it that way and, Start out as a multi-camera director, but then did a lot of producing of packages and music videos and so forth, and just had a riot for many years. It's a crazy business. Awesome. Awesome. Neil Pruitt is our guest here, the voice of the NWO, uh, and uh, probably the most famous voiceover guy, uh, gentleman that we've ever had on the show, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I want to introduce you to another wrestler, Neil. Uh, his name is Matthias, and uh, he's uh, been known as a human pincushion over the last couple of weeks. But, Matthias, what do you have for our guest, Neil Bruitt? 
Well, uh, first off, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show. It's it's an honor having you on, especially with someone being as famous as you, being with the NWO and wrestling in general. Um, I guess one of my main questions to uh, yeah, the uh, one of my main questions to you. Well, I got two actually. I would say first off, would you be willing to uh, do a voiceover for me when I enter the rings? I think that would be pretty cool, like for my entrance or whatever. But my main question would be. I worked in news and production and stuff like that, and I know how challenging that can be because that's like live television, but it's not as long like as a wrestling show, and it's not as uh, there's not as much that goes into it. So, like now that you're saying that you were behind the scenes and stuff, what was it like being behind the scenes for a major wrestling promotion? Like, was it easy to get in or to complete the deadlines, or was it difficult to how like how difficult or how was the easy was it working behind the scenes for a major wrestling promotion like that? Good question. And you can listen to all of Neil Pruitt's Secrets of WCW Nitro that's on iTunes and iHeartRadio and can find out lots and lots of secrets on how he did things in the back and how he went about making things look really great. Um, it was a huge challenge, very difficult. Uh, luckily, I worked with the best in the business. We had the greatest crews there was. Um, the camera people, the lighting people, found was just top-notch. So that made my life a whole lot easier. But we had yeah. very difficult deadlines at the last second. I remember editing a life sugar package. I stayed up till 4.30 a.m., was on my way to work at 9.30 a.m. I just got about four hours sleep and went back to work. And on my way to work, they said, Neil, where are you? I said, well, I, you know, I just walked out it. 4.30 a.m., you know, I'll be there just a little bit. He said, no, where are you physically? I said, well, I'm about halfway between home and work. And they said, I said, why? They said, well, we don't want you to come into work. I said, well, where do you want me to go? They say, we need you to go to the ticket counter because we have a flight before you go to Los Angeles. So that's how things worked quite often, just at the last second. And we went there and knocked it out. But it was a big challenge, and it was a lot of fun because you had to be on the top of your game every day to be able to get things done in a timely fashion to air on international TV. So it was a, it was a, Absolutely. It was a yeah. Cause like I, like I was mentioning when I worked in news, it was like down to the very last second before you absolutely went live. And if, and if the prompter didn't work or if there was a change in the script or whatever that needed to happen, like it was, it was pretty difficult, but I, I just couldn't imagine um, being in a big corporation like that and just, the constant deadlines, what all needs to go behind it, whether it's sound, video, audio, anything like that. That, that just must have been crazy. I mean, I've been, I've been a wrestler. I've been in the business for about 10 years, and I've been wrestling for about five. So it's, it's, I've been on both sides in the industry, but, like, nothing as big as that. So I just uh, wanted to get your um, perspective on that. So thank you. Uh, you're, you're more than welcome. There's lots of secrets that uh, you develop over the years, but, it's all about reputation, and luckily I had directed a nightly sports show here in Atlanta, and I had everything that could possibly ever go wrong go wrong live on the air. So you learn to yes, listen, sir. Yes, you learn sir. to roll with the punches, keep on keeping on, and if if you stop, you die. So you have to keep on going no matter what happens. And I learned a whole lot from the best in the business, Keith Mitchell, who recently retired from AEW, who also worked with TNA, and he was a uh, started actually in Dallas in Channel 39 with the Von Erichs. And okay. he was one of those guys who could keep his cool no matter what and just guide you through it. 
and I learned so much off of him. And I paid attention to his every move. It's funny that I was um, wanting to go into the truck, and he said, hey, Neil, you know how to time a show, don't you? I said, yeah, I know how to time I worked for a nightly sports show. He said, well, I kind of like you to come check out um, WCW Saturday night. I said, okay, great. So I met him at the TV taping area, which was uh, on West Peachtree Street here in Atlanta at Center Stage. And mm-hmm. I took diligent notes as usual. And when somebody's talking, I'm always taking notes. And went through the show. And then um, the next TV taping, which is two weeks later, he goes, Neil, are you going to come to the show again? I said, yeah, I'll be there. And uh, showed up and uh, took even better notes because then I kind of knew what was going on and what was happening. And then all of a sudden after the show was over, he said, Neil, you going to be here next time? I said, yeah, Keith, I'll, I'll be here every time, you know, until you tell me not to. I said, why do you keep asking? Mm-hmm. He goes, well, because I'm not. So two weeks of training, now I'm producing WC every Saturday night. So that's kind of how it happens. Wow, that's awesome. You better be ready. <laughs> you better be ready for it. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Neil, Neil Pruitt's our guest here, the voice of the NWO. Now, I, I'm kind of curious. I'm going to ask you some of the some of the tougher questions, uh, Neil. First off, uh, one of the tough questions I have for you is, uh, you know, that uh, that collector's card I made for you. What was what did you think of that? That cool little card I made for you. That was good. It brought back memories. I was up in North Georgia on the air for the uh, flat angle there, and it's tough for TDP's people actually. Um, these guys that work with him. Um, both Garrett and Dylan do a terrific job and uh, several other people that work there and they do Southern Honor Wrestling so it was kind of a spur off to that that I was doing a voiceover for and got to see Teddy Long and uh, Ron Simmons up there and just had a great time. I think Arn Anderson may have even been there for his first time since he left WWE. Now I'm kind of curious when when you're doing when you, when you're doing all these voiceovers, uh, you obviously are, are in a studio. Now I'm I'm just kind of curious. Are you uh, uh, when you're when you're doing all these commercials? Do they like email them to you? Say we need you to voice this. We need you to voice that. And then uh, when you're doing these voices, you, you're like wearing an NWO shirt. You got your NWO mug and you got your NWO teddy bear and all this stuff. Is uh, is that pretty much uh, accurate or not really? I do it in the studio. I don't. Need to wear anything in particular, obviously, since it's just my voice. But now, if I am on a podcast or something like that that's on the air, I remember going on the air with uh, a gentleman in Perth, Australia. We talked in the afternoon, and it was like, I don't know, 2 a.m. over there. And uh, I did put a little bit of NWO stuff on. I think I had an NWO hat. And I did a interview not too long ago with Kui uh, Wee, Alan Funk. He has a great podcast. and. I put on an Ohio State jersey for him because he's also a Buckeyes fan who grew up right down the road from me. So, yeah, depending on if I'm on the air, I'll go ahead and put something cool on. But uh, I just got me and my voice right now. Well, you know, I'm a big uh, Buckeyes fan, so we got to do this. I'm going to say O-H. And I'm going to say I-O. There you go. Now, when you um... – when you uh, were pitching the other gentlemen instead of pitching yourself and they heard your voice, uh, were you like, wow, they they want me? Or were you like, hey, that's pretty awesome. I'll, I'll do whatever. And then uh, kind of take us through, um, you know, like a typical work day for you uh, when you're doing all these voiceovers. It was actually a big relief 
they said for me to do it because so often people would come up with inspiration ideas at the last second. So that would then in turn me to actually need a voiceover like immediately. So being able to just drop in the booth and start talking was so much easier. Like if we had to do a commercial or something like that, or if you saw NWO sold out where some of those lines came from, um, we were talking about making fun of people while they're coming down the aisle. I think that was part of the spontaneity of it and part of the excitement of it, doing stuff at the last second and pulling it off. So it was a, it was an honor to do it, no doubt, since it's lasted for so long. And it was very convenient at the same time. And uh, also, whenever you uh, whenever you tune into the WWE Network and you uh, listen to some of the NWO stuff, you always hear your voice. Uh, and that's got to be kind of an honor, too, because, like you just said, it has, it has uh, stood the test of time, right? Yeah, I guess when you're doing it, you never know how long things are going to last. Obviously, knowing that there were three terrific people who started the NWO, you knew it was going to be a big thing, and we thought it was going to be a hit right away when we saw it because it was something totally different. Luckily, Eric Bischoff just told me to make something cool, and that's what the crew and I did. I had a lot of help from a terrific senior editor, Kemper Rogers, who was a great movie maker in his own right. He did all those clips clicks and stuff like that with me and we developed a quick cutting because we acted as if there was a person who wasn't really that good on the switcher who was maybe a young kid just out of college who really didn't know a whole lot about TV production when they cut way too often and cut crazy angles break a lot of rules and that's kind of where it came from it enabled us to pick out how long we wanted each person to talk because having three egos like they were especially uh, say Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, you wanted to be able to level the playing field. And I know one story that Kevin Sullivan had just mentioned to me at WrestleMania yesterday, as a matter of fact. He said, I was grateful that you were able to actually take that and make something out of it because he saw one of the first ones that we taped in Disney. And he said, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to make something out of this. And sure enough, we were, and we're so grateful that the fans really bought into it and liked it, and it was a hit. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna play a little uh, uh, quick clip here, so uh, people will remember exactly what we're talking about. This is what most people always heard uh, when we turn in the NWO. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Now. Now, and that was your voice. Now, you, did you uh, did you have to use filters a lot, or just just uh, just did like different speech patterns, or uh, or did they did you read them and then they like enhanced your voice anyway? Um, kind of take us through that a little bit. It's a good question because the first place that I did it was actually in the audio booth in Disney where people like maybe Robin Williams did voiceovers or lots of famous people that did cartoon voiceovers in Disney. The cool thing about it was, is I was able to just barely whisper and they were actually able to pick up my voice as like the finest microphone that you could ever have to do the NWO first. The following announcement has been paid for by the new world order. That one 
was in the preceding announcement. That was all done on that microphone. And yes, there is uh, quite a bit filters and enhancements going on. And it's just something that we try to do to make it sound different and hopefully cool. <laughs> so it was fun like this so many years later to know that people are wearing NWO shirts all over Dallas. And it was crazy to just see how many. It was fun to go up to people that were really fans and you could tell they had all the NWO stuff on and have them gather around and meet you the voice and the look on their face was just hysterical. <laughs> I guess I lit up a memory from their childhood. Uh, we got to take a quick little time out. We'll, we got to take a quick little time out. We'll be right back. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ FM, Holly, Fargo, Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo, Moorhead, and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. Now, uh, if um, if someone wanted to uh, hire you nowadays to uh, do voiceovers, do you still do voiceovers, or uh, are you producing TV? What are you doing nowadays? I actually work for a rather large defense contractor, and I help them promote their, I guess, wares. And, yes, I do voiceovers still. Um, it costs you a pretty penny, though, not just anybody and their brother gets it. <laughs> but you can reach me through Neil Pruitt's Secrets of WCW Nitro on Facebook. And my person that takes my messages will get a hold of me and we can uh, talk about it from there. And, uh, yeah, I was just going to ask, uh, do you also have, uh, do you have like a, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? Do you have anything like that? Not really. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel but really there's not a whole lot on it it's just uh one of those things where some of the personal things there's there's nothing really that i was able to keep with wcw or the nwo that i was able to actually um put on my channel because i don't own the rights to any of that so you can go on youtube though and type in n-e-a-l-p-r-u-i-t-t-n-w-o and you'll find all kind of stuff all kind of interviews um, I've done with other people on other podcasts. You can find some excerpts of my podcast on there and hear a little bit about when we rented out Alcatraz with Roddy Piper. And that was the first podcast. I actually got started with doing it by talking to a gentleman who wrote the best book in wrestling about how WCW collapsed. And it's called Nitro, The Incredible Rise Inevitable Collapse of Ted Turner's WCW. That was written by Guy Evans, He's an author out of New York City, now living in Florida. And he said, hey, uh, can I do an interview with you? So he did. I thought he was legit. He was a, a person that really done, had done a lot of research and talked to a lot of people about the whole WCW interaction. And I said, yeah, you know what? I can help you promote your book. I can do eight podcasts. I have eight good stories, like how the NWO started, um, what was it like to be with Roddy Piper at Alcatraz, some of the other things that uh, we were involved with, the attack in the back at Disney when Kevin Nash started off by throwing... Um, by throwing Ray Mysterio Mysterio lawn darted him. Side. Yeah, just lawn dart, lawn dart in hand. And after that, um, we got done with eight, and I think now we're up to 42. <laughs> There's a lot of information you can get out there, especially if you're 
looking to get into television or doing any kind of video production. We don't really talk too much about the politics of wrestling. We talk mostly about how we did it and some of the behind-the-scenes secrets. Because I wouldn't have done this before because I was in the school of kayfabe with Jody Hamilton, and I didn't believe in telling how he did things. But once everybody and their brother in the wrestling business itself put all the cats out of the bag, I'm like, you know what? Um, they're kind of destroying their own business, so hey, I'll go ahead and you know tell them what I know. So it makes the fans, I think, at least have more knowledge about it. And I think it's fun to probably go back as a person, say, 35 years old, and listen to some of these stories and remember that as a kid and how you felt about it, but then finding out exactly how we did it. Just probably pretty pretty interesting, and I hope you'll well, tune into it. You know, one of our, one of our fans uh, had, had sent a question now because uh, you know the NWOs on the uh, a lot of the stuff is uh, on the WWE network. One of our fans asked, uh, "Do you still get like royalty checks for when they use your voice on uh, on the on the network?" That's a good question. I'll have to have you um, look into Neil Pruitt's secrets of WCW Nitro about that answer. Good question. Oh, okay. All right. Awesome. Now. Uh, if uh, what advice would you give to uh, our listeners that, that uh, would want to get into uh, voiceover work? What is the best advice that you can give them, those that are listening right now? I would say first learn how to speak proper English. <laughs> a lot of times, so I'm out. Want to do <laughs> they want to do a voiceover, but they just really don't sound professional. You got to listen to yourself and see what you sound like, and if it's appealing to others. Pay attention to what other people's people do as far as to how their voiceovers work. Or not a pro, I pronounce the different words that you're trying to say. And I think I really wouldn't call myself a professional voiceover talent. I just happen to be at the right place at the right time. But as a producer that has to hire professional announcers every now and then, I think it's really crucial to listen to yourself and listen to others that are good at it. Go about it with enthusiasm. Try to really think about in your mind what you're talking about and tell the story that way because too many people just read words on the page. Voiceover is all about emotion and getting people emotionally connected to what you say. And And, uh, one last question. Get a decent microphone and go on voiceover. uh, I think it's called Voices123. You can get an account and you can actually do – voiceovers professionally and they'll put up wanting to hear somebody like Optimus Prime and then you'll read a paragraph, send it back into them and if you get chosen, you can make some money. Uh, one last question uh, before we go. We have uh, Neil Pruders, I guess, here on 89.1 Ken's FM. Uh, the greatest voice in the history of wrestling uh, is Neil Pruitt. Uh, the final question I have here is actually just coming from one of our fans. Uh when you're like out in public and you are, someone hears you speak, does anybody ever come up to you and say, "Hey, you know what? You sound like that NWO guy." I've only had it a few times, but it is, like I said, funny to walk walk up to somebody with the NWO shirt on and do the voice. Because I remember one time we were in New Orleans, my friend who was with me, who actually works with the Harlem Globetrotters now, Nigel Sherrod, we were walking down in the Somebody had an NWO shirt on, and he goes, hey, this is the NWO voice right here. 
And so I did the NWO voice for him, and that person goes, that's not you. <laughs> and then the other day, <laughs> I, I was at the WrestleCon, and I went and did the voice for another NWO fan. And he goes, man, that's pretty good. He sounds just like him. I said, I should. That's me. <laughs> His eyes went up. You know, and then, so good, then your response would have been, people. Then your response would have been, well, if that wasn't me, uh, WCW was sending the, the checks to the wrong person. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it's been, a, it's been a great run, and I can't thank the people enough who were production people that kept us all going. I was lucky to speak with William Regal at the end of WrestleCon and got a picture taken with him, and he thanked us production people for all they've done for him over the years. And it's just connecting with people – of his quality, like Garn Anderson and Teddy Long, Ron Simmons introduced me to JBL, getting to talk to Ernest the Cat Miller, seeing Flair, reconnecting with Lex Luger. I mean, the WrestleCon in general was just a terrific time, and being able to be on Fight TV and talk a little bit about what we did in the past was a lot of fun. Uh, reconnecting with um, some people from, from WWE's past and to work with TNA and it was just a it's just a really good time uh, to see Mike Weber again, uh, who was involved with all that. And run into some of the Nitro girls, Kay and Spice, who is Melissa. It's always beautiful to see them and to see Charmel go in, as well as the Steiner brothers go into the Hall of Fame and Undertaker, of course, being started out with WCW. As um, me and Mark Callis, it was so cool to see all those people go, and it's just amazing. And Vader as well. Well, I'll tell you what, we got about uh, 30 seconds. Can we have you close the interview with uh, the preceding announcement? Uh, announcement. I can do that. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Awesome. I'll tell you what, Neil, you're awesome, and uh, uh, hopefully you'll be able to send us a few autographs for giveaways. We appreciate you, and if we haven't scared you way too much, we would definitely love to have you back on again. Well, it's always fun to tell the fans what we did and how we did it. And if you could do it, please go to um, iTunes and iHeartRadio. Check out Neil Pruitt's Secrets of WCW Nitro with Guy Evans and myself and get the book, Nitro, The Incredible Rise, Inevitable Collapse of Ted Turner's WCW. Thank you. From the New World Thanks, Order. Neil. We love you, Thanks. man. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Neil... Neil Pruitt, ladies and gentlemen, that was that was definitely awesome. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to get to our next guest after we uh, hear uh, this next announcement, and we'll be back right after these words from our big sponsor. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, also, go, go, go make a donation, $10 a, a month to get you started. Uh, you can keep us on the air doing what we're doing. But right now, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the reason why 
wrestlers get over as well as they do. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the gal herself. She is big boss, Anika. Hello, hello. This is big boss Anika from St. Petersburg, Russia, reporting from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, you're listening to Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, and granny hoaxer. It's so good to be here tonight with you. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we want to thank you. Uh, should we call you uh, Miss Boss, Miss Big Boss, the Big Boss? How should we address you? I do prefer the Big Boss. The Big Boss, all right. And uh, I know that you're familiar with uh, PG language here. Uh, we have the Big Boss on our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. So uh, give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll have some fun with the interview. Okay. Well, I, um, I am from, as I said before, St. Petersburg, Russia. I am the head of Men of Brutality originally, so I do run the mob in Russia. But then I, was, uh, I had to come to America so that I could take over the fight, best fighters in the United States. Please excuse me. My English is not that good, but I am very excited to be here. <laughs> Other than that, um, I started wrestling and getting into the wrestling circuit here at the Northern Wrestling Federation um, in Cincinnati, Ohio. And ever since then, I have been uh, styling, profiling. I've been <laughs> drinking up with some of the best wrestlers around. I actually recently came back from Canada I'm doing Courage Pro Wrestling, so I'm very excited that I'm able to connect and really get my message out there of world domination. Uh, Big Boss, our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got uh, 22 minutes here or so with uh, the Big Boss. Now, you mentioned that uh, your English is not that good. You don't have to worry about that. Mine's not either, so we're in the same boat there. Uh, so when you, uh, how many different uh, wrestlers do you manage? Well, it started with two, um, one manager and one wrestler. So I actually managed a manager, which was really fun. <laughs> he was my brother, and then I had to kill him because he was not doing such a good job. But that's another story. Um, right now, I'm actually the head of uh, Money Changes Everything, and that is a group of five wrestlers, including myself. We have me, we have uh, Sinclair Octavius Bentley, SOB, we have Warlock, Alex Hayden, um, also better known um, as Chris Demise. Um, all of these men help to spread the world of world domination and help me to really push forward the message that Mother Russia is best, knows best, and uh, is really excited to, to be able to collect all of these wonderful gems to bring back to Mother Russia. Now, uh, are you able to hook us up with any of uh, the wrestlers in your faction? Hookers, uh, what does that mean? Well, would you be able to get us in touch with some of them so they can be on the air with us as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, probably not right now. They, they are wrestling and, and fighting all over the place right now. But I can definitely give you their contact information. I know that Sinclair would love to talk your ear off. He could talk for days, that man. Well, good. Uh, I'll uh, send you a message uh, after the show, and then we'll uh, we can set that up. Uh, the big boss, our guest here on eighty nine point one Ken's FM. We got about uh, twenty one or so minutes, give or take. So now, as a manager, would you consider yourself to be a uh, a baby face, a heel manager? Um, are you, um, uh, or are you just uh, uh, what the crowd thinks you are? Well, 
Mm, it's a very good observation. For me, um, personally, I don't see myself as a good person or a bad person. I actually get this question quite a bit. A lot of people hear the word world domination and, and they automatically think that I'm a bad person. But honestly, I just want to take over everything and be in control and make sure that everybody lives in fear of me. That is not necessarily a bad thing. I know some people who would like that, especially people who come from Russia. It's very common in that culture. So I'm just trying to spread that culture around so that I can really um, bring everybody forward and bring the entire world into the new age. So I don't see myself as a bad person. Other people might, especially if they think differently than me. But in general, I, I can be either or, depending on the day. And uh, if you had to uh, uh, compare your manager, managerial style, uh, would you say you're more like a uh, sensational Sherry, a Miss Elizabeth, a Bobby Heenan, um, a Ted DiBiase, um, a Jimmy Hart, um, a what? what how how would you uh, compare your managerial style? I definitely, I would say, follow in the footsteps of people like the sensational Sherry, for sure. Um, back when she was managing Macho Man Randy Savage, absolutely. Um, she has that sense of style and just outrageous, powerful woman energy that I absolutely love. So I definitely take off of that. But more recently, um, I'm definitely more akin to um, Vicky Guerrero right now um, in, in the sense that I really want people to pay attention to me, and, and I do so by being very loud and, and very assertive. So I, in, in terms of style, Sherry, in terms of, like, vocal uh, managerial, that's definitely Vicky. Uh, Big Boss, our guest here, we have uh, uh, 18 minutes. Now, uh, <clears throat> Big Boss, I want to introduce you to uh, one of our, our first co-hosts. She's sitting on my left here. It's Granny Hulkster. Granny, what do you have for our guest, Big Boss? Go ahead. Well, welcome to our show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny you mentioned Vicky Guerrero. Uh, I, my family and I and a very good friend of ours were actually in Texas over the weekend for WrestleCon and WrestleMania, and Vicky Guerrero just happened to be there at WrestleCon, and we've actually had her as a guest on our show, and I actually had a chance to uh, speak with her in person and get to talk to her for a few minutes, which was pretty awesome. Now, Granny, I am not a wrestler, first of all. I am just a big fan of the sport, but mm -hmm. I don't like the heels. I don't like the bad guys or the bad girls. And sometimes, you know, managers, I've had to have some words with managers about situations at wrestling matches. I've actually at an independent show about a year or so ago, I was actually handcuffed to a manager because he kept interfering in the match. And the tag, one of the, the tag team that he, they were wrestling against his tag team, uh, they actually handcuffed me to, his, to their manager because he kept interfering. So if I was at a wrestling show that you were at and you, got, you started saying something, I might have to say something back to you because oh, honestly, the... That's, sorry. Uh, honestly, that's my favorite part of the entire the the art of managing is being able to converse with all of the audience and, and, and yelling, of course. That's my favorite thing to do, favorite activity. Of course, that's why I'm a manager. 
Well, and I would I and I get very very involved in wrestling shows that I go to, the promotions that I attend. They like having Granny there because I help kind of get the crowd going. I I kind of, you know, for people that may not know, you know, or may not, you know, it may be their first time at a wrestling show. They don't know they don't know that it's okay to boo or cheer or holler, you know, they, they, they think it's kind of embarrassing, but when they see somebody like me stand up and I'm hollering at the bad guy or whatever, that kind of helps get them going. And I've had a lot of promoters come and personally thank me for uh, being at their shows and, you know, helping get the crowd going. So what made you decide you wanted to become a manager for wrestlers? Hmm. Well, I spent most of my life um, fighting in the mob back in the National and And I, I became very tired of the whole ordeal. I really loved the idea, especially as I got older, of connecting with people who are a little stronger, a little bit younger, who are able to get a little bit more of that zest into putting across a message. So um, over time, I've just gradually leaned more on other people. So managing just became a natural next step for me. I really uh, love being able to kind of diversify um, the kind of impact I can have. And I can, it's almost like a selection. Like when you're dealing with a specific situation, I know, I know a couple of fighters who can handle this particular situation. So it makes it very strategic, almost like game, you know. Awesome. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, the big boss as our guest. Uh, now, I want to introduce you to uh, our wrestling uh, affiliate here on the show. Uh, his name is Matthias, and uh, he he might be a great member of your faction. What do you have for our guest there, uh, Matthias? Go ahead. Well, first off, I wanted to say you... Uh, you spoke my mind there. Uh, I was going to ask, first off, would it be, would you be willing to let North Dakota's number one heel uh, in your faction? And uh, second off, has there been anybody uh, in your career so far that you've had a difficult time working with? Or is there anybody that you kind of thought maybe, you know, I, I, it was okay working with this person? Have you had any kind of challenges working with somebody? Or has it been kind of a a smooth ride all around. Mm, I wouldn't ever say that it's been a smooth ride, especially when you're dealing with power. There's always some sort of struggle, no matter which group you're in. First and foremost, let me mm. address the first question. You can absolutely join my, my faction. It is open to all people who are willing to really fight for what they believe in. So definitely 100% store wide open. Second, Perfect. when I'm talking about... <laughs> When we're talking about people that I've struggled with, uh, the only person that I've really genuinely struggled with is probably Icon. Um, that was, I, he was in my faction for a very small amount of time um, back at the beginning of this year, and he just had other aspirations that just did not align with what the group wanted to do. So it was a lot of compromising, it was a lot of conversation, and then ultimately it was a lot of me kicking him out so that he could spread his wings elsewhere and do whatever it is that he wants to do. So 
I'm not unreasonable, um, but I do keep track of him because, you know, keep him in your, your back pocket in case you might need him for the future. I have no bad feelings towards him, but he definitely um, has different ideas about what this faction could be. Okay, okay, because I was going to say, I don't know if your your group is in need of a six foot three, 260-pound North Dakota champion, but I am North Dakota's number one heel for a reason. Every time I step out to that ring, the crowd absolutely despises me. They always want to mm-hmm. see me with my, my back to the mat, but I always seem to uh, come up on top, and they absolutely hate that. So if you're looking for for a big guy who holds a belt and the crowd will absolutely hate to get you over, well, I'm your man. Oh, that sounds perfect. That sounds the the exact perfect fit for this kind of work. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, Big Boss is our guest here, and uh, those that are listening to 89.1 Kens FM know that we have a little challenge for you. If you go to our off the, our, our Attitude Air Live page, you like that. You go to 89.1 Kens FM page, like that, and you do a $10 month donation to Power the Tower. We'll automatically get you qualified to win an autograph from a past guest, a current guest, or a future guest. Uh, now, Big Boss, would you be willing to send us a few uh, autographs for giveaways for our fans? Absolutely. I always, you know, you know me, I'm a little self-absorbed. I have like a hundred pictures available at all times. I would definitely be able to spare a few. <laughs> all right. And I will uh, send you the address where to send those and we'd appreciate that. So uh, let's kind of circle back here a little bit and we won't spend uh, uh, too much time on it, but uh, you know, we did have, uh, you know, the COVID uh, thing in 2020 uh, kind of take us through uh, how that affected uh your career and uh, what you were doing uh, as far as bookings and wrestling uh, during that period? It was actually very interesting from a manager's point of view how COVID affected everything. Obviously, the physical aspect had to be put on pause, which allowed me to be a little bit more strategic and vocal about what my plans were. So instead of making a point in the ring, we would strategize, we would put out propaganda, we would interact in a very different way. Wrestling these days is completely different than it has been in even the past two decades. Um, today, especially with COVID and with the rise of the Internet, social medias, all of that, it kept us connected even though we had to stay apart. So my message was still put out there. What it ended up doing was allowing people to actually get to know me for who I really am and what my message is instead of... Um, depending so much on the physicality of the art. So I think what it really did was was give every wrestler out there the opportunity to develop who they were and what they wanted uh, when the shows began to open up again. I think that that was a very unique and special opportunity that ended up uh, producing many, many fruits later down the line. And so, and with that being said, um, do you um, do you find that uh, with, with uh, your your current status as a manager, uh, do, have you ever uh, uh, do you ever get you do you ever involve yourself in a match? Uh, you know, uh, maybe like a swift little kick here or there, or uh, maybe uh, hold the uh, legs down of uh, uh, your uh, one of your members. Uh, opponents so they they can't kick out of a a pin. Uh, Do you ever do that, or do you just kind of like 
stay vocal and not physical? Hypothetically, because of course we don't cheat. We we are too good to cheat. We are too good uh, for for having to take shortcuts. However, hypothetically, if we were to cheat, I would absolutely get into the ring. I happen to wear four uh, four inch stilettos that I use as a weapon sometimes, or might hypothetically use as a weapon um, to smash into somebody's head, crush into their bow or spine, stuff like that. But you know. Theoretically, that is what I would do if I were to get involved. But, of course, we are too good for that. And, of course, we, we would never cheat. We would never cheat. We, we, we would win on our own merit. And, uh, you know, uh, being a manager, you know, uh, that when, when you think about it, you know, back in uh, wrestling back in the 80s and early 90s, there was – it seemed like the managerial uh, position was a mainstay in the history of wrestling. Now, not really so much, but uh, let's say that, uh, and, I, and I'm going to ask this uh, to you because I ask it to all our independent wrestling guests. Uh, let's say that someone from like AEW or the WWE, they were at a show, they saw you, uh, and they said, hey, we'd like you to come try out for us uh, on such and such a day. Two-part question. One, is that something you'd want to do, get into the big leagues? And uh, when you do sign that million-dollar contract, would you not big-time us and still talk to us? <laughs> well, of course, I'm always leaving my door open for op- bigger opportunities, especially if it's a, a higher stage with the caliber of wrestlers, that, especially people like AEW and WWE, have impact all of them um, any opportunity to be among uh, fighters of that caliber would be a pleasure for me and a great opportunity especially in building my campaign to take over the world the more people that I can sway that are in positions of power and stronger than me the better in my opinion so of course always open to that opportunity and of course I will always come back if needed I am very open to spreading my message and, and making sure that people feel that they can really connect with me and my message of world domination. And kind of kind of take us through a little bit about uh, what, uh, what what your schedule is going to be like in the next couple months, uh, how many different shows you got, where you're going to be appearing, so our fans listening uh, uh, all over, uh, if they happen to be in the area that you're going to be at, uh, where can they come see you at? Mm, yeah. Um, well, I am definitely touring all over the tri-state area between Indiana, Kentucky, and Cincinnati on a regular basis. I am returning to Hamilton, um, Ontario in Canada uh, in May. Um, probably if they really wanted to see the best of the best, especially of the women's division in this area, um, Northern Wrestling Federation is having their inaugural uh Revolution Rising event, which is an all-women's event, um, the biggest in the area. Kylie Ray is going to be there. That's a great opportunity. Um, all of these dates of where I'm going to be, I do post them very prominently on my Facebook page. Um, so that is the best way to kind of keep track of where I am in my pursuit of world domination, but also in the places that I'm going to um, be fighting and managing at. So if they are interested at all in, in experiencing all that I have to offer and what my wrestlers have to offer, they can definitely visit my Facebook page. Um, it's Big Boss Anika. Um, you can look that up, and, and you'll be able to see all of the places that I'm going to be in the next couple of months. 
Well, you know, you mentioned uh, Facebook. Uh, we might as well go ahead and take care of this now. Do you have uh, any other uh, social media? Do you got a uh, Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, an Instagram? Do you have any of uh, those? Yes. Uh, well, I do have Instagram. I feel like Facebook is just a better platform for managing in general in terms of how people interact and how uh, conversations can happen. However, um, being on Instagram, obviously I love taking pictures of myself because I am so beautiful. But other than that, um, if they really want that in-depth experience, especially if you want to see promos or you just want to see where we are, pictures from live action, all of that, I do believe that Facebook really is the best platform. But across the board, all of my platforms are Big Boss and Nika, so I'm relatively easy to find no matter where I am. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you also like to uh, take pictures uh, with $100 bills falling behind you. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, that's actually just my bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, we have uh, have a... Every day does the the body good. (laughs) Uh, we we have a, a, actually a question from uh, one of our uh, one of our listeners. Uh, they're they're kind of comparing you to uh, Lana, which is uh, Rusev's manager. How would you uh, how how would you how do you like that comparison? Love that comparison. First of all, to be so close with a fellow Russian. Uh, is always an honor, but big fan of Rusev, big fan of anybody who supports him. So I am very honored for that comparison. I feel that that is very flattering. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, uh, with uh, your action, and it is probably the coolest action we've ever uh, had on the show, and I'm not just saying that, uh, you would actually be, uh, I think you would actually make a perfect Bond girl or something, uh, you know, kind of like uh, uh, Zenya Onatop. Uh, you know, she was a villain in GoldenEye. I think you'd uh, make a perfect uh, 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 Bond gal at that with with your uh, accent. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I do take a lot of inspiration from um, from evil villains, especially especially from Bond. Um, I did cut an entire promo where I had my cat with me. She's a tuxedo cat, so naturally I thought she fit in the in the environment. But yes, I love just the swinging chairs. I love lasers, people being walked up, and me doing long monologues, all of that is just really what speaks to me and my character. And uh, we, have, uh, we have the big boss as our guest here. Uh, and uh, before we, uh, before we uh, sign off with you uh, tonight, uh, let me ask you this. If uh, there's an up-and-coming wrestler like, well, Matthias, he's, he's more than up-and-coming. He, he's been out there a long time. But if there's a wrestler out there listening that wants to be part of your faction, what would they have to do? It is as simple as messaging me in any platform possible. Um, I do check my messages on a regular basis. I might not respond because obviously I'm a very busy woman, but I do check every single message that I get. So um, anything, especially through Facebook Messenger or Instagram, um, those are definitely good platforms for requests. I am starting a P.O. Box soon. Um, I'm also... Um, I am also, what is the word for it? Um, Branching out? uh, Branching out uh, to an email. That's the word, email. Um, So uh, as soon as I have all of those, again, all of those will be accessible in all of my social media. Um, So it will be relatively easy to to reach out, especially if you want to join my faction. It's a great opportunity. We have dental and full benefits, so it's a good time. 
Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we have uh, the big boss as our guest here. We do appreciate you taking time uh, out of your schedule to join us. And uh, before we uh, send you off, one quick question, uh, like I ask all our other guests, too. I made you a cool little collector's card. What did you think of that? Did you like that? I loved it. Well, again, any picture of myself I absolutely love, but I love it when people really get involved and, and make it their own. I am. I definitely shared it on my social media platform, so I'm very excited about it. Well, I'll tell you what, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us tonight, and you have been wonderful. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good evening. That's Vidania. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we have uh well, we have about uh, 25 minutes here left of the show uh and uh we're we're going to uh, of course uh talk about uh, Granny and doing the uh WrestleMania, but uh, we're going to bring a big swing back here. Uh today actually marks a milestone for us. Uh, we've actually been doing this together for 6 years uh from where we started to where we are now. Uh Big Swing, I know I've asked you this before. Uh, did you ever think it was going to get this big from where we started to where we are now? Um, well, I was hopeful. I mean, you know, um, whenever you start a a podcast, uh, there's always the 50-50 option for, you know, for success or for a flop. Uh, I wasn't quite sure the, you know, the direction we were going in. I mean, we just went on and wanted to complain about wrestling and how bad it had been in recent years. And I don't think we really had a long-term game plan for it, uh, which is, you know, which is uh, what, you know, where you guys came in, uh, you know, and, and you in specific uh, really kind of gave us a, a direction and a format for the show that, you know, I, I never would have thought we had. And, uh, you know, uh, as as uh, most people don't know, and some, our, our true fans know, that I actually started out as a call-in uh, guest or, or a call-in <clears throat> listener. And, uh, you know, because, um, you know, the the whole format about complaining about how bad wrestling was, that was uh, that was interesting for, for, what, two, three weeks? And then uh, you guys put me on board. And, you know, we've had, uh, we've had a lot of guys... Uh, as uh, host on the show, but uh, uh, you and I have been here from the beginning. Uh, of course, everybody has all moved on, and uh, they don't call or write anymore, unfortunately. But uh, you and I have stuck together, and we have Granny, and uh, now we have Matthias, and uh, it's just uh, it's just been a whirlwind. Uh, and uh, we're only and we're not done. We're still growing, and there's more stuff to come. Uh, we want our fans to know this. But, uh, you know, we want to thank, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, Ken's FM for uh, letting us come on the radio every Monday night. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Granny, uh, you actually uh, started out like I did. You started as a, as a call-in uh, individual, uh, and then you, you've been with us ever since. Uh, I believe it was, it was like Miss Stackhouse, right, that you called in for? Yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey, Sam's wife, yeah. Chelsea Stackhouse you, uh, is a very good friend of mine. I've known Chelsea for many years, and I've known Sam for many years. And I remember calling in that night because she was going to be a guest, and uh, I had the opportunity to get to talk to her. And then I think it was like the next day or a couple of days later, you actually contacted me 
and said, hey, would you like to be a co-host with us? And that's how I got started with you all. So, And that's been, what, three years, three years. <laughs> four years, something like that. I mean, it's been a while since I've been around, so... And uh, Big Swing, I'm kind of curious. Do you uh, are are you still in contact with any of the guys that used to be on with us? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I have I have Jason um on Facebook, uh, Dustin, and I kind of I mean I talked to him a little bit, but you know he's a family man now and everything, and he's you know he's coaching his daughter's basketball and stuff, so he doesn't do quite as much. Uh, plus, Dustin is very. Uh, Aggressive, very opinionated, um, oftentimes ends up, you know, getting himself in situations, uh, you know. So, I, I don't know. He, he just, he's not, I don't think he's doing the podcast thing much anymore. Uh, the other fill-in guests that we had were great, but, yeah, I, I have lost touch with them, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we have the show. This is what people know. Us as now, and with the addition of Matthias, uh, we you know we have a we have a, a four person squad. Um, Matthias has been able to you know step in for me while I've taken more of a production role, uh, just due to some obligations I've had on Mondays lately. But uh, but yeah, no, overall I think it's uh, I think it's pretty good. I think just you know the, the name is out there in the wrestling world and. Um, you know we have we have our uh, we have our followers and it's great. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, this is uh, added to our live on Ken's FM eighty nine point one. We have about uh, eighteen minutes before uh, uh, Big Swing's favorite song, uh, "Graces the Airways," which is the theme song for Edge. Now, uh, Matthias, uh, we'll, we'll go to you real quick, and then we'll go to Granny talking about uh, uh, all the. Um, I don't think he's got. I don't think he's on. Actually, there's only I'm looking at the switchboard right here. There's only three numbers. There's yours as well, the host, live in, Granny, and then mine. Oh, he's, he's live in studio with us all the time. All right, never mind. My, my apologies. Uh, let's see, Matthias. I think you uh, you joined us in what August, right? Or was it before that? Well, you had me on as a guest a long, a while back. Actually, I think it was right when we were going to have the first Puff of Mania show. And that was a couple of years ago, I think, and, uh, about a year or two ago. And then um, I, feel, I feel like it's been that long. But then you finally asked me, I believe, back in December if I wanted to be a guest host again, or I actually wanted to guest host permanently. And I said yes, and that was in July. So I've been on for about three or four months now as, as a uh, weekly guest host. So it's been it's been an interesting ride. I want to thank you guys for allowing me to be on each and every week and getting to talk to people I never thought I'd be able to ever talk to in person because I would never know how to reach out to them and stuff. But being able to talk to people that have been in movies and wrestlers and managers and stuff has uh, given me the opportunity to talk to people, like I said, I never thought I'd be able to and uh, get to talk about my loves, which are film and pro wrestling and stuff like that. So it's just been an interesting ride overall. And, uh, well, let's, uh, Granny, you had a, uh, uh, Granny, we're going to talk about this. Uh, uh, we actually, uh, uh, actually got all our guests in, uh, early so we can, uh, talk to Granny about WrestleMania. By the way, were you able to track me down the program? Did you see any? Were you able to get any? Yes, I got you one, Icon. Awesome. I'll now have, uh, I'll have to I'll have to send it to you. But yes, I was able to snatch one for you. 
There was now, very I, I limited know... few and far between, I tell you, because Saturday's attendance was 77,000-something, and last night's attendance was over a 1,000 more people than there was Saturday night, so... Well, I'll tell you what, before before we uh, 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 close out the last segment, we're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be back after these messages. Ladies and gentlemen, the new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kensfm.com. <coughs> And uh, we're we're back here on eighty nine point one Kids FM. Go ahead, buy a clock. Now I'll tell you what. We'll see, I'm going to tell. I'm going to put these clocks over here real quick. What's cool about these clocks is, uh, you know, most uh, most clocks that you see, uh, you know, the the second hands go tick 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 tick. These particular clocks, uh, the second hand goes round and round. It does not stop. It doesn't go tick 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 tick. It just makes one complete circle. Uh, and these are really really cool. And uh, as a matter of fact, I got one as a wedding present, uh, and uh, uh, it's it's really cool. So I would uh, – uh, it's worth the $25 if you want to have a uh, a clock that's not digital and looks really, really cool on your mantle, uh, order a clock. Uh, now, um, uh, we have Matthias here, we have Big Swing here, and we have Granny here. Now, Granny, you would mentioned that uh, you, had, uh, you were rubbing elbows with some uh, – uh, a lot of wrestlers, and you mentioned that uh, uh, you 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 saw Vicky Guerrero, and she remembered us, right? Mhm. Yep. She sure did. And yeah, uh, did. You know, I, I uh, it, it's amazing the list of uh, guests that we've had on the show over the last six years. Of course, we didn't always have guests. Of course, Big Swing knows that our first guest ever was uh, Buff Bagwell, and, uh, and I, I believe he was on. Too. And he and Did he, he was remember you? WrestleCon. Yeah, he. Well, of course he remembered me. I mean, he knows who Granny is. I mean. I had people recognize me when Thursday night when I was at a wrestling show that I didn't even have my granny shirt on, and I had people recognize who I was. So, you know. Uh, Maybe I they recognize you from the old folks' home. <laughs> no, not hardly, Matthias. Don't even go there, okay? I'm I'm tired, and you know, it's been a very long day, and I drove, like, the whole time we were in Texas, and I drove all the way down, all the way back. I mean, I did all the driving, you know, while we were in Texas and driving home. So Granny's very tired today, but don't even go there to the old folks' home. Now, I will tell you. Oh, shut up, Big Swing. Raiders! You know, and Big Swing, I was me. nice. I, oh, that wasn't you? Okay. I no, was nice was and heat. sent you. I don't even have the I was nice. right now. I was nice and sent you some pictures of Edge last night when we were at WrestleMania. 
And you know, you I felt really nothing, good. So. One, well, I, well, I felt really well, good. Well, you know, I didn't rating. know who I didn't know who you liked, Matthias, or who you didn't like. I mean, I've still got a bunch of pictures that I haven't even posted to Facebook yet, gentlemen. I mean, I've got tons of pictures on my phone that I haven't even had time to post yet to social media. So that's what I'm going to be working on the next few days once I get some catch up on my sleep. Now, I am going to tell you something Thursday night when I only sent pictures of Edge to Big Swing because I knew he was an Edge fan. But Thursday night, we went to a wrestling show called Control Your Narrative. And that is EC3 and Adam Scher's uh, promotion, you know, Braun Strowman, you know. And I had the opportunity to get to meet both of those gentlemen. And Anthony and David and I, we had our pictures taken with them. And, matter of fact, at WrestleCon Saturday, I happened to see Adam in the lobby. I didn't get to actually see him when he was upstairs at WrestleCon, but I actually got to see him in the lobby and he turned around, and he saw my granny shirt, and he says, Granny Holster, I like that. Give me a hug, Granny. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, and it was nice to see Ricky and Robert again. It was nice to see Jim Duggan. I didn't get to see Tommy Dreamer because he was there on the third session um, Friday afternoon, and we didn't go to WrestleCon until Saturday, so I missed getting to see Tommy. But uh, Brooke Hogan... We got to meet Brooke Hogan, and she absolutely loved my shirt. She says, I am going to have to tell my dad about you and your shirt. I think he would absolutely love it. We got to meet Jeff Hardy, uh, Lex Luger. We got our, uh, and, you know, Lex Luger, bless his heart. I mean, he, you know, he's in a wheelchair. I, But he was the most kindest, most, you know, thoughtful person. You know, and when I had the opportunity to share a little bit um, with Jeff about Anthony, um, he um, actually gave me a hug and, you know, said, God bless you and your family, Granny. And he says, you know, you seem like a really great mom. And, you know, and he says, I know this has got to be a struggle for you and your husband, you know, trying to get the help that your son is going to need, you know, for him later on in life. And um, Rikishi, I mean, Rikishi even, I mean, I'm friends with Rikishi on Facebook. He recognized me and, Granny, darling, how you doing, you know? And and he is an advocate for autism as well. And I kind of shared some information with him about Anthony. And we got our picture with him in the lobby, you know, and everything. And, um, my gosh, I met so many people. I, you know, I had these two guys from Ireland Thursday night. They came up to me and they said, oh, you are absolutely amazing. We just love you. You're our hero. And then I saw them at WrestleCon on Saturday. And, I, of course, I had my granny shirt on, so they had to get another picture with me since I was wearing my granny shirt. But Extreme Tiger, he actually approached me and said, because we walked by his table, he says, oh, my gosh, she says, Granny, can, you know, can I get a picture with you? <laughs> and the godfather was, like, absolutely amazed. And, of course, Mickey James remembered me from back in the day when I met her at TCW, and I got to meet her husband, Nick Aldis, which was really cool. And he told me, he says, well, I guess I'm going to have to tell Tim Storm and uh, Trevor Murdoch now that I've met the world-famous Granny Holster. <laughs> 
And the, the guys from Fight TV were there doing interviews and things like that all weekend. They actually interviewed Granny, and this little boy came up to me, and he says, ma'am, excuse me. He says, I just had to tell you I thought you were amazing. And I said, excuse me? He says, I saw your interview that they did with you a short time ago, and it's on their YouTube thing, and I've actually been trying to try to find it, but um, they actually interviewed me at WrestleCon Saturday afternoon. And... Um, we got to meet Lillian Garcia, and, of course, I got to see Ron Simmons again, which he remembered me. I got to see Booker and Ted DiBiase. I got to meet Mike Rotunda. I got to meet Bo Dallas. I got to meet Curtis Axel, um, Heath Slater, um, JBL. I got to meet JBL. Um, oh, my gosh. It was just um, – Oh, so many people. Oh, Tommy Wildfire Rich. I mean, got to meet him. Got to see my friends Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express again. And uh, uh, Jeff and Karen Jarrett got to meet Kurt Angle. Um, I got to see Lance Archer, which I knew him as Lance Hoyt back in the day of TCW. Um, I just, you know, and people, you know, would see me and they were like, you know, they'd say, wow, look at that lady in, her, in that yellow shirt. I had people come up to me and ask me if they could get their picture with me. I mean, Angeline Love, Velvet Sky, um, they thought um, I was absolutely amazing. Gail Kim, I love meeting her. I, I, I told her, I, I said, I've got to let you know. I said, I've always enjoyed watching you wrestle, but I said, I love to watch your husband on the Food Network channel on Restaurant Impossible. Chef Robert Irvine is her husband, and she was very, you know, Mickey James, she saw me, and she was excited to see me. Um, Colt Cabana, he's like, I walk in, and he's like taking my picture, you know, and I mean, just, I, and it was just absolutely, oh my gosh, um, it was just, you know, Teddy Long was there. I got to talk to Teddy Long. got to talk to the boogeyman. Um, I got to He didn't talk to feed you warm, Bill. did he? No, he didn't feed me He didn't even okay, have any warmth. But it was funny. There was this one girl there, and he picked her up and held her for the picture, and then he ran out into the hallway with her and put her down you know, like he was running off with her. I got to meet Billy Gunn. I got to meet uh, Juice and Thunder Liger. Um, my gosh. Oh. Uh, now, Greta, did there. you ever get either of the beautiful people's the number for me? As well, or just I'm sorry. Wait, no, no I, I, I'm sorry. What was that big swing? Did you go to the Hall of Fame induction as well, or no? Just I the... I didn't. I didn't get to go to the Hall of Fame. Now, what they did was. They had SmackDown um, Friday night, and then they did everybody that was at SmackDown um, got to be there for the Hall of Fame ceremony. I would have liked, I mean, we watched it on WWE Network, but we we didn't get to go to Hall of Fame, but I would have loved to. Um, Mm -hmm. But, um, and uh, and Matthias, you were asking me something about the beautiful people. Did you end up giving either of their numbers for me? Hook me up? No, I did not, dear, because I didn't know you wanted me to do that. 
<laughs> well, they're both they're both old now, though. I mean, literally, I, I you uh, know what? I'm not gonna do it on I'm not gonna do granny. it on FM radio. Well, I'm not gonna do it on FM radio, um, <laughs> because I, I don't want to get you guys at Ken's FM in, in, in any legal heat. Uh, but, but but my opinions uh, on the aesthetics of Angelina Love uh, in 2022, um, you know, I, I guess I could send it to I guess I could send it to, to Icon for the hot take because I mean he'll pretty much say anything, but I don't know if I can. And I, you know, I, um, I got to meet Ted DiBiase Jr. He was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I, t- I told oh I got to see Carlito and. Chris Adonis again, that was really cool and they both gave me a great big hug and but I tell you, I mean, people were it was very humbling because people were actually recognizing me who I was and I'm like, Okay, I'm just a wrestling fan, just like the rest of you all, you know, but but even the professional wrestlers that did not know me personally like some do. I mean, they were actually very, very gracious, very hospitable to me, very kind, you know. Um, they they loved my shirt. They loved my granny's shirt. They uh, just, it was just, it was absolutely, and, of course, you know, Big Swing, you know, B-Train, you know, he's been on our podcast before. He was actually you know, the reason for, you know, going on this major trip. I mean, he bought the tickets for us for WrestleMania, you know, Sunday night. And, I mean, he gave Anthony an experience. Well, he gave us all an experience that of such wonderful memories that we're not going to forget. I mean, you know, this was his, like, ninth WrestleMania. This was our very first. Well, so, I mean, look, and I look gave, at it like this, Freddie. You have this memory forever. You got to see Edge win in person. I mean, come on. You know, that that's going to be something you've got to think of for the rest of your life. When you look back in this event, you're going to say, yeah, I went to WrestleMania in 2022. That's all fine and dandy, but I got to see Edge win live in person. And then that, that's going to be the highlight of this whole thing. Well, and, the high, and to the highlight, um, Undertaker came out, you know, and – you know, thanked the audience. I mean, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, the matches Sunday night were like, um, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin showed up again Sunday night. Again, he was there Saturday against Kevin Owens, and they actually had an actual match, which we weren't there in attendance Saturday, but we watched it on the network. But Sunday he showed up again after the Pat McAfee uh, Austin Theory match, you know, he showed up, and of course, Vince McMahon, he was there out watching Austin Theory, and he, you know, um, he had a kind of a match with Pat McAfee, and of course, Vince, it was just kind of the way he did it, you know, but then all of a sudden, the glass breaking, and here comes Stone Cold Steve Austin, I thought the roof was just going to cave in, I mean, it was just, it was so phenomenal just to get to see that. I mean, um, it just, everything was, I mean, it was a really good WrestleMania this year. I mean, for, and I got to talk to people that, um, you know, just, 
I didn't know, you know, people were coming up even asking me at WrestleMania there. We were sitting outside waiting, you know, of course, where our seats were, it was a long distance for me to have to walk with my cane, you know. So I actually was able to get um, assistance. They pushed me up in a wheelchair to where our seats were. I had to walk up a few steps with my cane. So it wasn't too bad, but it actually, I mean, they actually took me to my seat and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I don't know if you all know this or not, but V-Train actually was a part of NXT two different times before he got injured. I didn't know if you guys knew that or not. I did not know that. Uh we're on 89.1 Ken's FM, and uh, we're uh, getting the signal that uh, uh, we need to wrap it up. But, uh, you know, uh, of all of us, uh, of course, Big Swing is the only one that uh, didn't come with his own uh, nickname. I'd uh, give that to him. That's a little tidbit for you. But uh, we have a big show next week. Uh, yeah, we have a... We have a big show next week. Uh, hopefully, Big Swing will be able to join us again at some point. Uh, but until we meet again next week, we want you to all be safe, love each other, By the way, Granny, care for each other. National, national champion, Kansas Jayhawks, J- Granny. Yay, yep, they Rock just beat, Jayhawks. They just beat the Tar Heels. There Rock you go. and. Uh, and uh, with all that being said, join us same time next week. Uh, until then, we're going to play uh, Big Swing's favorite song, and we'll see you all next week. You think you, think you know me.